I'm Audrey Bellis. And I'm Yvette Montoya. And you're listening to Brown Girls Rising, a worthy women podcast in partnership with Nylon and Español. We tell stories about femme leaders and activists of color, making our world a better place. Let's get started. Today, we're here with Erin Rivera, a photographer, videographer, and co-founder of visual storytelling agency Hunter & Fox. She works alongside her partner in crime, Frankie Pimentel, in Downey, California. Together, they collaborate with local creatives and brands to help visually cultivate stories. In her free time, she uses her creative powers to create things that support women and are reminiscent of her Latina culture. Erin, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to have you, Erin. Thank you so much. For uh, everyone listening, Erin is the incredible photographer behind the branding for uh, Brown Girls Rising with her Unidos print. With the hands. With the hands, the two hands and the pink backdrop. And when we saw that and we decided to launch this project, I turned to Yvette and I was like, Yvette! We got to get Erin for this. We have to ask her if she's interested in participating. We were obsessed with it. It totally symbolized what we were trying to achieve. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the print and what inspired you? Yeah. So actually, the print was from a Misrepresentation Art Show in Hollywood at the Welcome Junior High uh, venue. And their whole thing was about praising women of color. So initially I had an idea of doing like uh, different portraits of different shades of brown of Latinas. Um, And then right after the election, it kind of dawned on me that I needed it to be a little more powerful and a little more straightforward. So I came up with the Mi Familia um, portrait series, which was uh, four girls that are my sister and my boyfriend's cousin and Yvette. And uh, my other friend, Carol, and I, with acetate on top, I put Spanish words that, you know, uh, in that have powerful meaning to me to represent women. And Unidos was part of it as a kind of like a unity to tie all them together. Um, But what I was really like with the hands clasping was more like a nostalgic, you know, Latino, like, you know, like your homeboys, your homegirls, when they all come together, they clap their arms together and do the crouch pose. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like a power to that and like a reminiscent and like a nostalgic to that past of like togetherness and unity. Yeah. I love that. And Unidos, it for people that don't speak Spanish, means united or together, uh, which certainly is an underlying core of Brown Girls Rising and how we do this together. Uh, but misrepresentation, was that your first art show? Yes, it actually was my first art show. And I was so excited that the theme was about women. And I just felt it was a good first time, you know, representation of me and my artwork. I love that. And Yvette, you were actually in the show and that was your first time being in the show as a subject. Yeah, that was really, I did not expect that. I remember, I don't know if you DM'd me or if you texted yeah, I me. Did. I slid in the DMs. She slid into my DMs and she was like, Yvette, <laughs> girl, <laughs> I'm going to be taking these pictures. Do you want to participate? And I was like, um, yes, but also I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a model. So I don't know how good I'm going to be at being photographed. And you were like, none of them are models. And I was like, okay, I'm down. 
And yeah, that was really fun. I mean, you took like a thousand, literally like a thousand pictures no, of yeah. us. There was, I, cause I, I just wanted to capture that one moment. And sometimes it's like, you just got to fire it and just keep going. I remember when you showed me that one, that was like one of the first ones. And then we still continued to take on a, a bunch and yeah. you were like, your, your bra strap is showing. And I was like, ah, darn this bra strap. And then <laughs> you used that one anyways. So I was like, oh, okay. yeah, I kind of liked it. Even yeah. with the bra strap. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like. I like when things are a little bit disheveled and like yeah. not perfect. Yeah. And we all just came, we all just happened to be wearing white shirts too. Yeah. I didn't really tell you guys what to wear because I wanted you guys to come as comfortable as possible. Because initially I just like loved all your guys' skin tones, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the like shades of brown I just wanted to really represent. So to me, it wasn't about what you're wearing or even how, you know, I just wanted you guys to come natural as possible. But I really just wanted you guys to be comfortable in front of the camera and just capture those, like, serious, like, girl power vibes. It was hard being serious. Yeah. (laughs) Because I have one pose that I've practiced for worthy women for when we have photography. And it's, like, (laughs) the hand on the hip and you pop your booty out a little bit and you cross your legs and you just, like, turn and smile. And the other one with your foot up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have two. Yeah, Those are my only two. And it's like posed and it's very much like you were like, okay, well, think of power. And I was like, uh, ACDC? Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. I don't know. <laughs> and the word that you gave her for that image, it says reina overlaid, yeah. right? Yeah. And reina, again, if you don't speak Spanish, means queen, mm-hmm. right? How did you decide which words were associated with each photo? Or did you pick the words first? Or did you kind of like what was your process for that? Um, well, I kind of like was first putting down a bunch of words in English and then I was translating them to Spanish. But then as I like got closer and saw like the photographs we were taking, I kind of these are the words that I've heard my family members like call, you know, me, call my sister, call my aunts. Like I've heard it around. Yeah. You know, so I use hermosa, I use reina, I use chingona and I use fuerte. I love chingonas. Sometimes yeah. when Yvette and I take photos, I hashtag them super chingonas. That's us. Or chingona AF. Yes, because yeah. that's who we are. We so chingona. <laughs> but oh, and then I remember that um, that illustrator in Israel reached out to you because she wanted to do an illustration of your arts, your photo series, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nas Jose or Nas. Yeah. 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 She contact well she commented on the photos and was like oh my god can I can I illustrate these women for you and I was like yes and she did like an amazing job and that was just so cool that it like got out that far in the world the reach for this entire show was ridiculous it was amazing because I remember you told me oh it's just gonna be small (laughs) and it's not that big of a deal it was not small at all it was not small it was in BuzzFeed yeah yeah yeah, I was uh, every time like uh, a new news prank came out with our news article came out with something about us, I was just blown, my mind blown. I know, and I was like, "Us, it's us," because we did this, even though I I didn't actually create anything. I was just, <laughs> I was like, "This is mine too." No, this is my face. Yeah, it I was is. Like, it's, it's it's your guys. You know, your image, your likeness. I mean, I chose you guys for that that reason. That like you guys inspired me to do it. Oh. So so nice. And it was so powerful to be there and to see all of that. Yeah. Like that was crazy to me. 
It was because that was house. more than yeah. It was packed. It was tiny to begin with, and then it was just packed full of people that people were spilling out into the streets. Like mm-hmm. it was hot and in talking. There. <laughs> it was really hot in there, and like all of the art, and it was so much fun, and yeah. it was so great seeing everybody, and then also seeing all the artists like kind of standing by their work. Like we totally posted up in front of it. It was behind a couch, and we were just like because people can't tell us. it's yes, you yeah. from the like, photo. That's, that's me. I don't know. Did if you, you wear know the this. same outfit for it? No, I Aww. didn't. But somebody was like, "Oh, are you are you Reina?" I was like, like yes, yes, I am. Soy la reina. Like the loteria cards? Yeah. La reina, that's you. I don't even think la reina reina is a card. I'm thinking la sirena. Yeah, la sirena. That's all right. But this was a show that was for women of color, by women of color, with subjects that were women of color. And that was, uh, we had Maritza Lugo uh, on our podcast. She's our second episode. And that, was that, correct me if I'm wrong, Yvette, the first time? That there was a show like that that had all three of those angles? Uh, As far as I know, yes. I could be wrong. If you guys know of you people listening at home, if you know of any other ones that have happened, feel free to slide into our DMs and let us know so we can reach out to them (laughs) because that would be really awesome. But um, as far as I know, this was the first of its kind, which is insane. That is incredible. And it's been, uh, at least for us here, transformative because after the show – Yvette started producing her own artwork. I saw that. She (laughs) is, uh, her illustrations are all over our Brown Girls Rising Instagram account. And it's totally changed the way that she shows up and the work that she does, both here with Brown Girls Rising and obviously uh, with Worthy Women. Like it's a whole new creative side of her that we don't always get to see. It's been incredible. Yeah. Well, for so long, I just felt, like women of color were not represented in the art world. I mean, I thought that I always say it like, I feel like this. I feel like that. Like that's actually just a fact of life. We're not represented in those spaces. We're not represented in photography. We're not represented in art. We're not represented in a lot of different ways. And I just felt like it was kind of such a hostile environment for us, especially I've said this before, like all you see are white women and white women's bodies being represented. And the very few white women who come out and like actually produce art, they also tend to show white women in their art. And so, I mean, I'm not going to lie when, if I have a friend who's like, Oh, let's go see an art gallery or let's go do this. It's usually my white friends. Yeah. Well, I love to go see art galleries. And recently I went to the California Pasadena Museum of Art, which is all art from people who are California Denzians. And um, it was uh, it was landscapes from like when the gold rush started to now. And all of them were painted by men. Not because one single woman. I'm like, you're <laughs> telling me not one single woman has painted the California landscape ever, mm-hmm. ever, <laughs> ever. I'd like to know who curated that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was looking and I was like, okay, these are all right. These are cool, I guess. And then I'm looking at the names. I'm like, man, 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 man. And it's all like white last names. And I'm just like, uh. Don't hate on the white last name. I'm not hating on the last name. I'm I hating on the last name. I'm hating on the institution <laughs> that I'm exists you. behind it. I'm teasing you. <laughs> Latinidad is a real thing. We got to claim it where we can. And sometimes it's not so easily identifiable, right? I mean, Erin. That's true. I'm sure people confuse you for a white girl despite your Rivera last name all the time. Like I'm looking at you with your green eyes and your alabaster skin and your lavender hair. I know, totally against 
the brown, but Can, I got I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you for one second. You know what I just realized? Yvette, do you remember during our Worthy Women conference when Chacha Covers gave us the nail stickers mm -hmm. that she sponsored for us? Yeah. And remember she one of the covers is a Barbie cover and Barbie oh, has lavender she has the exact hair. Same hair. Oh really? Aaron. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Do we have I any bought her Morrissey ones? We don't, but I think you posted it on your Instagram. I may have one at home. Okay. It's a bar she it's looks a Barbie? exactly it's a Barbie that looks exactly like you with like the front cut <laughs> and just like the purple hair all the way down. Oh, oh my god. I haven't seen that yet. I'm gonna find it. Tag I'm gonna, me in it. Yeah, I but, see it. But tell us about it. Tell us about the Latinidad. Like what's that experience been like for you? Because I'm sure you get that all the time. Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, you know, it's to the point where even some people will ask me if I've ever eaten a taco before. Because <laughs> Was it in a sexual way? Yeah. <laughs> White people love tacos. I don't know what they were talking about. Yeah, like they like showed me the taco. I was like, have you ever tried a taco like this? And I was like, yeah, it has meat in it. Meat, <laughs> onions, yeah. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, tortilla, I get it. Oh I've eaten God. it all my life. I've eaten beans and rice as a child. But yeah, I mean, but you know, it's funny too, because even my mom, if uh, my mom is light skinned with uh, bleach blonde hair and nobody ever recognizes her as, you know, a Latina, someone that speaks Spanish. I mean, she was telling me the other day a story when she went to the pandaria that some guy in, you know, at the counter was like, oh, in Spanish, who's going to help this pretty blonde lady? And my mom oh. in Spanish said, oh, I'll take that compliment. So are you going to help me? <laughs> and he looked at her like, whoa, like. You my know? mom gets the same thing. My mom's green eyes and light brown hair and freckles. But like when you hear her talk, there's no question about it because she has a, a pretty noticeable accent. But yeah, growing up, people thought that I was adopted. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, because I'm brown. They'd be like, oh, are you adopted? I'd be like, excuse you? No. Well, that's what they think of my dad. They don't think that oh, my yeah, dad's your my dad. Oh, yeah, dad looks totally different. Yeah, my dad's dark. I remember one time my dad had to come to my work and bring me medicine. And they were like, oh, who's that? Like, a friend of the family? And oh. I was like, no, that's my dad. My dad doesn't get that. Although the security guys in our building, for the longest time, they were like, oh, what did they say? They said, Audrey, we didn't know you were Mexican or we didn't know you were Latina. We always see you with the with the bald guy. I'm like, <laughs> my dad? <laughs> They're like, yeah, the one that's always here helping you. Like... And I'm like, yeah, my dad? How could you not think I'm Mexican? They're like, well, your last names are Bellis. And I'm like, oh, psh, my poor dad, the you know white what, guy. You know what, though? Shout out to the Jersey Mike guy, because one time when I was ordering, he asked me if I was Guatemalan. Oh. And I said, right. what? Like, I'm, Ecuador, I'm Ecuadorian <laughs> and Mexican, so I was like, what Like, gave the Guatemalan in me? And he was like, well, you kind of have an accent when you, when you talk. Mm. So that was like surprising. But Guatemala specifically? Guatemala, yeah, that was super specific. So yeah. I don't know if that was just. That's so random. Yeah. People used to ask me if I was Creole. Oh, <laughs> I'm just like, happy when anybody is like, are you any kind of Latina? Or when I get anything ethnic, like, yeah. are you Persian? Are you anything? Where I'm like, yes, other than white girl. I remember yeah. when I met Audrey in her bio, it said, First generation Latina. I'm like, why does she need to announce that? Because nobody believes it. People, well, it's not that nobody believes it. People always assume something else. Rarely do people guess like Latina or Mexican. And then I have that super white name that doesn't help me. And then the awkward conversation that follows when they don't know how to ask you. And they do. You can tell they're fishing. They're like, so where are you from? Yeah. Originally. Originally. Yeah. Originally. What's your what's your background? Yeah. Where are your parents from? You know what the first time I've got I got that where I did I like I used to oh, I mean, obviously growing up, 
I everyone knew I was Latina because I had Latina fam like families always with me, my friends. So I was always around people that knew me. Yeah. So when I went to college. And I remember we had cultural day where you had to bring in a food from your like background. So I brought in comorada, which is like a purple salad, like the Ecuador Ecuadorians mm. make. Um, I had some of that when I was at your house getting photographed. Yeah, there was tamales, and I yeah. was like, uh, "I'll take that tamale and this purple stuff to put on top of it." Yeah, yeah, it's real life. yeah. Frankie loves it; he puts on everything. So I had this little bowl, and everyone was going around, and they're like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Oh, it's you know comorada from Ecuador." And they're like, "Where's that?" And I was Aww. like, uh, South America? My girl fail. And they were like, you're South American? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am Latina. So it was, and nobody ate it, by the way. It was the only oh, thing untouched. that's the worst. Rude. So rude. I brought it back. My brother ate it. <laughs> oh, your brother. That's like so, I mean, that's that stereotype from the U.S. that they expect all Latino people to look brown when mm -hmm. they don't really understand that it's not an ethnicity. Like, we are not a monolith. We have such a complex relationship with colonialism and the different kinds of people who come from every country in South America, Central America, even Mexico. And mm -hmm. then, you know, we just get, oh, you're, you're either Mexican and brown or you're, like, not. Well, we're here in yeah. L.A., so there is a difference between Latino and L.A. Latino. When you're here yeah. in L.A., it's almost semi-automatically assumed, oh, Mexican. You're, you're Latino, Mexican. you're Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's That was me in high school. Everyone would be like, oh, you're because you're Mexican, you're Mexican. So, you know, I used to always say, no, I'm Ecuadorian. So yeah. I could be different. You know? I used to say that, too. I'd be like, I'm Chilean. They're like, well, you look Mexican. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> I wanted to look Mexican. You, eh. Well, yeah, growing up, like, you know, in elementary school, it was, like, cool to, like, you know, with the brown uh, the brown lip liner and oh, your, like, crunchy I didn't hair. color mine in. We always want what we can't have. Right? I went to school in the hood. Everyone was a chola. I was so down for that. All I ever wanted was my Jingle Jangle Seminario bracelets. My mom sent me to school in a blazer. <laughs> like I a buttoned up Land's End kid. And all my other friends had, like, Adidas trash suits with a shell toe. Yeah. And the like beaded, like I made my own beaded bracelets or something that was super in style. And I was like, man. Or the black bracelets where you would put them. Oh, God. I wanted to jingle way. jangle so bad. And my mom was like, no, none of that. Those like gummy bracelets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That Those you would put so together. Cool. I wasn't allowed to have or any the of that. bracelets. Like, <laughs> so I went to Catholic school, so I couldn't, you know, express myself in uniform because we had to wear the same thing every day. But um, after school, we would bust out the lip liners and we would do our hair with the little like our bangs poofed up and try to scrunch Cute. our hair as much as we could. I had two little curls that went down like Oh, this. the angel wings? Yeah. Aww. I couldn't have them because my hair is curly. There were so many things wrong with like the way that I wanted to express myself. <laughs> I was like, I just want these two and they would just curl up and I'd be like, ugh. I'll take it, though. I had them anyways. Yeah. I never knew. I was the firstborn, so I didn't have a sister to show me. So my friends were the ones to show me and inspire me and do my hair for me. I basically wore my hair in a ponytail all through like elementary school. But was it a really high ponytail way up here on the top of your head? No. Oh, I it went was through that phase. One. And you would pull it tighter all day. You would stretch it just oh, to yeah, make would, it go higher and higher. My hair is pretty thick, so I would get headaches. Oh, oh I yeah. get that now if I have my yeah, hair up. Or if I wear the bun up. too many days in a row, I get like a soft spot on my head, like a yeah. tender spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Latinidad, people. The struggle is real. Yeah. But speaking of Latinidad and art, you guys are doing the Viva La Mujer show. 
Yeah. Right? Another one blowing up. Erin told me about it. She was like, she tagged me in it and I was like, done. Clearly, Erin is the one with all the connects and know-how here. (laughs) Well, it's it's actually because I was, um, I'm actually giving some of the proceeds to Los Fotos Project, who are actually the sponsors for Viva La Mujer. Mm -hmm. And they were the ones that kind of were like, so you're going to be in the show? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, it's it's to uh, it's about the Los Hotos project to like uh, promote them and yeah. give them you know it's for the organization. But yeah, so they kind of hit me up on it. But I like wanted because they were like, tell all of your Latino friends and Chicano friends, it's all for women. So I was tagging up everybody. Who <laughs> who else do we know who's doing it? Um, oh, Erica from uh, Misrepresentation is going to be in it. Oh, for cool. sure. I saw her name on the list. Yay. And then I get to be in it now. Is, uh, is, uh, I keep wanting to call her Minzy Mohan. Oh, Maritza? Yeah, Maritza. Maritza. I tagged her. I don't know if she is. I didn't know if I saw her on the list. Yeah. And this sounds like it's going to be like huge, like almost festival style, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's like vendors, there's, there's like food. entertainment. Yeah. There's music now. Yeah. And I think they said they had like over 200 artist participants. Wow. Wow. That so, is a lot. Yeah. yeah, and the theme is Mother Earth, so that's going to be really interesting to see, like, everyone's interpretation of that. Yeah, Ooh, I'm I excited. I was texting you the other day. I was like, Erin, what did you do? This is stressing me out. People are going to look at this. Yeah. <laughs> People well, look at it anyway. I'm like, tell me it's pretty. <laughs> tell me you like it. It does look dope, though. I'm excited for it. Oh, man. I got to finish it up. Oh. And it's a weird size. I have to, like, go make a custom frame or, like, get it custom oh, framed. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to buy it. Yeah, I have to get a frame. They also said because it was so many participants, you had to get uh, a smaller size. Because at first they were saying 18 yeah. by 24, which I was down for. I was I like down. I was format. all the way there for 18 by <laughs> yeah. 24. I have my big, big pad. And then I started seeing, I started see, I'm seeing the ones that they're promoting and they're huge. Like I haven't seen a small one. I'm like, how are we all going to fit? Well, I did 16 by 24, so <laughs> it wasn't so small. I think I did like 11 by 18. It's some dumb weird size. I'm like four inches smaller. That would have been standard. I know. By like, yeah. Why? It's like, can, can you trim it? I probably should. I should. I'll see if I can because it's like ridiculous. I'm gonna have to go get a custom frame. Yeah, and that's expensive. It is very expensive. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, we <laughs> we gotta make stuff happen because we are keeping busy. And Aaron, you are keeping busy. So your following's definitely increased from this show, the upcoming show, Yvette. I've been noticing your following is growing. It has grown significantly. Yeah. Um every time she posts a new uh uh, illustration on our Instagram, we see a big bump. So it's definitely resonating with people. Aaron, for you and your art and how you tell stories, um, given that the work that you produced for this last show resonated so deeply with people. In fact, every time we saw a press piece, I'm like, oh, look, Yvette's face, Yvette's face, Yvette's face. It was one of the most commonly used uh, pieces in the press that people uh, were the, sharing. Yeah. A lot of times it was always usually the header. Yeah, yeah, the universe yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And then we that were there really... right next to it, so my yeah. face would always make it in there. I'd be like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As your following has increased, how has this shaped how you're uh, curating content and telling stories? Do you feel a greater sense of responsibility in how you are relaying these to both through your work and the messages that you're carrying? Well, yeah. I mean, if anything, this has inspired me to do more. I mean, the fact that, you know, I made something for an art show and now people are like sharing it or using it to like, 
you know, just inspire them daily, to inspire posts. I mean, I, I'm just full of inspiration right now, and I just want to keep it going. Like, you know, I think this is a timely, you know, art is, is it's meant to express, and I think right now is a good time to express all your frustrations, all your, you know, your everything that is going on right now is pushing me to do more and pushing me to not be afraid, not be shy anymore. Because usually yeah. I am the shy person that, you know, I mean, I will tell you a couple of days before misrepresentation, I was sitting there thinking, maybe I shouldn't be in the show mm, because yeah. I don't think people will understand it. I don't people think people will get it. Maybe it's not good enough. Do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Like feeling like, am I an artist or am I only an artist if people define me that way? Yeah, it's like a weird, you know, even like pricing my work, I think is totally weird for me and really hard for me yeah. because I do this out of passion and love and I I don't know how much it's worth because to me it's priceless. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give you the best line I've ever heard and it comes from Simon Sinek and it's in his book, Start With Why, for all of our listeners. If you have not gotten it, get that book, Start With Why. It'll help you center your purpose, your passion and the narrative around what you do. And he says, value is determined by the person paying it, not by the person setting the price. Yeah. Mm. Value is like not that. determined by you. It's determined by the person who's willing to pay for it. So just like in Hunter and Fox, however much you charge to produce trailers for people and movie projects, right? The yeah. ones that don't hesitate to pay you see your value. The mm -hmm. ones that sit and they nickel and dime are not people who see your value. Um, and maybe they're not people true. that you should even work with. No. When people start to nickel and dime you when it comes to the value, the work that you do, they are clearly not valuing you, with, which means that they will, at the first opportunity, leave you for a better price. Mm -hmm. And they're oh, yeah. always price shopping you. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, it's been hard, but I think I'm getting like the, you know, the flow of it, the progression of my work. So I know that there's value in it. I know that people want to see it. I know that people want it. I mean, I didn't even think of selling it. So, well, we are very glad that you agreed too. So for everybody, uh, there is a very special limited run of the Unidos prints. Only a hundred of them that we did in this collaboration. Every single one of them is numbered and signed. 50 of them are going to some of our partners and every single guest on our podcast receives one as participation in supporting Brown Girls Rising. And the other 50 are available on Aaron's website for you to purchase you can be one of the limited select 100 uh, and we'll have the link in the summary for this for you to click through and purchase. Also, you can find it at worthywomen.co forward slash unidos, U-N-I-D-O-S. Yes. We're so excited about that. Can that be a cheer? Unidos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember? so perfect. Ooh, unidos. Ooh, ooh unidos. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite cheer in high school was like, D E F E N S C D, fence hold tight. Yeah. You like how I still know that, huh? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> All my white girl side just really came out very quickly. It's funny. If you guys could only see Yvette's face right now, she's judging me <laughs> she's, on the inside. She has so many opinions. You have issues and I have opinions. That's that why should I be your tagline. <laughs> then people are going to think I have issues. Don't you, though? They're special. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're what make me particular yeah aka anal people love me for this <laughs> but you have to be right you have to be 
it, in some degree, I think as much as we joke about this, there is some truth to getting things done, right? And if I wasn't hyper-organized about some of the stuff that we do, it would be hard to keep track of it because we do so much. Erin, um, for you, you are doing a ton, a ton of stuff, right? Um, with your personal projects, with Hunter and Fox, um, exploring who you are as a woman. Uh, you're driving feminism through your work. You are truly driving that in the messages that you're sharing. And I think that's real obvious with the way that it resonates with people. Um, how has, have you always called yourself a feminist? And if not, or even if so, how has your view of feminism changed and evolved as you've gotten older and where you're at today? I mean, I don't think I knew at like a young age I was a feminist. I do think I was doing feminist things without even knowing it. My first feminist stance would be that I was Batman in kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, I saw that picture. It was so cute. Made my mom like custom make me one because they didn't fit me because they were all for boys. And so my mom took the opportunity to ask my aunt to tailor a Batman costume for me. And my mom said I was like a huge hit in my classroom. Like all the girls wanted to be Batman after and my dad, even that night, drove me around in his four-wheeler and let my cape fly in the wind. Oh, that's such <laughs> a good dad. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. And, that's you know, hashtag fab dad right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like looking back at that, I kind of think like that was cool. Like that was cool that they allowed me to, you know, think outside the box and be something that not everyone else was. Like all my friends were angels and princesses. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want to be Batman. Yeah. And so, like, little things like that, I think, growing up, that my parents just allowed me to, like, be free, willing to do, like, you know, think of my ideas and just go with it. And they were just behind me to support me, I think was, like, uh, it helped me, you know, mold myself to who I am now and all my crazy ideas that I get. But I think as I got older and started, like, seeing how, you know, there are inequalities in gender. Yeah. Um. I think and social inequalities. Yeah, social yeah. inequalities as well. But I think um, at my previous job, um, I noticed I was not getting a raise because I was one of the few women that were doing the most, but other men around me got the raise. So little things like that, I started to notice, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I want to be present. I want to be outspoken. I want to let them know that you know." I, if it's not through me speaking out because I am a shy person, it's through my art. And I want to show that I am a feminist and I do believe in these views of women and empowerment and to speak up and, you know. And speaking up, you certainly have with your artwork. After the women's marches, uh, the March on Washington and the march locally here in L.A., I mean, um, the photos of you with holding the Unidos print, I mean, that was seen in uh, Allure. Was they posted the photo yeah. of yeah. Um, the print. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. I took a couple of uh, copies and a lot of women were asking me, where did you get that? Who made that? And I was just passing them out uh, without even giving them my like social media tag because I would have loved to know what they did with it after if they used yeah. it. But it was a, you know… I didn't want to take mine because I didn't want it to get ruined. Ripped. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually have four that I took and I kind of want to hang them even with their rips because they had like, you Ooh. know, the sweat from my hands. They have yeah, the battle day. wounds from that day. I yeah. remember we were like, well, I yeah, guess, wait, let's not a meet battle, up. But. 
That was so hard. I know. I told a bunch of people, we're like, we're going to meet up. We're just going to like totally meet up. I'll see you guys there. And if I don't see you right then, like I'll look out for you. Like (laughs) it was impossible. So many people later. It was, it was silly of us to even think like, yeah, I'll just see you. I was with my mom and I was like, do not leave my side. Oh my God. My mom kept wandering. Yeah. And I was like, where is she? Where is she? Oh my God. I was like having a panic attack. Now who's anal? Yeah, I, know. I was trying to find my mom everywhere because she would like she'd see somebody sign in and be like, "Oh, that looks interesting," and she'd like walk over to it to like look at it and then not be paying attention to the fact that we were in front of her walking away. Oh, and there was totally no cell phone service with that many people there. I mean, I can only imagine what that must there have wasn't. been like trying to get connectivity. I was trying to oh, snap and I couldn't snap. Yeah, all my yeah. Instagrams and snaps were later in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's scary. I mean, that's scary to be in a situation like that where you have no cell phone signal. The trains were overloaded. You couldn't drive through. Ubers are surging. My dad dropped us off. You know, and it's funny, too, because my dad was, like, giving us all this, like, stay in the middle of the street. Don't go next to trash cans. Like, all this stuff. Or, like, I'm like, what are you, like? Like oh, for bombs? bombs. Yeah, Yeah. because of the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Yeah. He brought that up. And I I didn't even think of that. I remember... um, and that's the scary part about what we live in today, right? That we think of mass gatherings and the first thing that we think of is, oh my God, this is going to be dangerous for us. And I remember watching uh, the first, I was at home that day, I was working from home and the bomb happened for the Boston Marathon. And I called my dad because my dad works for a defense contractor. And this is just before he retired. And I, I said, dad, you won't believe what just happened. There's been, they're saying it's a terrorist attack. And he was at lunch and he said, yeah, we're watching it here on the news. And then I heard huge gasps in the background on his side. And then I looked at the TV and on live TV, the other one like, boof. Oh, God. oh my gosh, it was totally scary. And that's true. We really do. It's so sad that we have to think of things like that, especially with the rhetoric that people have. I mean, we got trolled today on Brown Girls Rising. People have some nasty hate. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's our first time that? we're getting haters, Yeah, which means we're making a mark. That's true. I was ex- I was already expecting that though because anytime you have a platform that is specifically tailored to women, for some reason, a lot of people have very strong opinions about women and them being self-empowered. So uh, I've just been kind of waiting for it, honestly, embracing myself because all of the feminist type, you know, blogs and uh, IG accounts that I follow, they get like a ridiculous amount of hate. And it's like crazy. That's really good with the comebacks, though. Yeah. <laughs> she comes up with some really good one-liners. Somebody, what did somebody tell us yesterday? That, oh, uh, I said, oh, for March 8th for the the blackout for women. A oh, day without, without a, a day without a woman. Yeah. yeah. I was like, who's ready for this day? And he was like, well, at least you'll still be in the kitchen. Hashtag feminist cunts. Really? Or feminazi yeah. cunts. Oh, wow. That's right, was, feminazis. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's right. We will be in the kitchen and everywhere else. And then lots of emojis with the little knives. Because what else is in the kitchen? The knives. The knives. And then on, <laughs> the one on Facebook <laughs> about the girl, they were like, oh, her vagina probably smells like poop. <gasps> and like, yeah, like what? really vulgar, like poop and like a coin purse. And I was like, uh, yeah, you probably, that sounds like you know that from experience. I bet some Summer's Eve could fix you right up. 
Wow. Oh, that's really good. Because <laughs> there's a girl. That's a, good... a woman. How do you wow. get trolled by women? It's probably a fake that's account. Horrible, yeah. yeah, I think it was a fake account. I'm loving you guys' comebacks, though. They cracked me up. I was dying. Yeah. I am not here for your. Yes. Now I'm going to start telling her. <laughs> hashtag in the kitchen, Yvette. Get in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm just going to tag Yvette if anyone tries to troll me. So her on oh, them. Oh, girl. I don't play around. Oh. I, I will destroy your whole life. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Erin, tell us a little bit more. Um, so who has inspired you to help you lead uh, the movement that you're leading and how you've kind of grown into your own expression, both feminist icons and even through art? Well, I mean, I I feel like it's always, for me currently, it's my family and friends. Like, I keep always going back to, like, you know, growing up. And these are the women I looked up to. You know, my aunts, my mom, my cousins. You know, they're my friends. They're the ones that shaped me and, you know, helped me, you know, form my identity. Being a Latina and a Chicana in L.A. Um, So... You know, it was kind of like, I think that's why in college when I was studying art and I only wanted to look at like, you know, female photographers Mm -hmm. when I was in my photography class. I did all my research papers on female photographers, but like in all female, I mean, female uh, photography books, they're all white women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, Cindy Sherman was my favorite. She's a white woman. Diane Arbus, white woman. Um, You know, so it was just one of those where... I was looking at it. I was connecting with it, but I put my own spin on it. Like I wanted to tell my stories. I wanted to see my stories like through my photography, you know, so that's why I like using my family and friends as my muses, you know, as my subjects. Yeah. And peer mentorship, right? Yeah. I mean, that's incredibly important. We've committed that all of our Worthy Women programming uh, that we do to the public will be free. We don't believe that you should have to pay for access to peer mentorship and community. And let's face it, for all of us, I I don't think I would be here today if I didn't have peer mentors who helped to guide me and vice versa and share resources and introductions. Yeah, yeah. especially now that we've really built our network out and we've, I mean, we've got a, how long, like a year under our belts, a little bit over a year. We have about a year and a half total. Yeah. A year and a half under our belts. So that's all those women that we've met. And I saw like such a resounding unity this year when I've been reaching out and booking women that the women who I reach out to, if they can't do it, they're like, you know what? Here's two other people you could reach out to who I think would mm-hmm. be great for this. And that's outside of our network, by the way. That's yeah. for our yeah. stuff that we're these doing outside of L.A. Yeah, well, these are complete strangers. That's the same thing with Hunter and Fox. When me and Frankie started this, you know, visual agency, you know, we didn't we haven't put any marketing into it. Like it's all by word of mouth. It's all by he, he said, she said, oh, I heard you did a video for so and so, you know, I and it's just it's that type of like community and, like, unity of, like, you know, artists all together, like, helping each other out and just sharing things. I mean, social media, too, helps. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, I could show my artwork and it could be shared so many times and people want to buy it. Whereas, like, before when I was in college, the thought of having your artwork even in a museum was, well, like— Well, that was the only way to get it out there. Yeah. It's, like, how would you—it's—social media has become such a, like, a— What's the the word? It's an easy... Like a uh, unifying kind of place, like a community almost. Yeah. It puts everybody on the same level. Like you just 
look for it and it's either there or it's yeah. not there. And then your followers are like like-minded people, obviously, or they wouldn't be following you type of thing. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, my followers are my, you know, also my inspiration because they're the ones that are liking, that are buying my work, that oh. are asking me like, what's next? Like, yeah, I can't that's wait what for your I next I want to know. What is next? I saw what you did for um, Viva La Mujer, which I really like, which is also Carol, mm-hmm. who was in the last one. She's pregnant and she looks very powerful. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking for after that? I mean, photography is my first love. Videos, you know, part of that as well. But I mean, it, it's just as things come, I feel inspired. I mean, I I'm gonna sh- show the Carol's photo for the Mother Earth at the Viva La Mujer. But I mean, I don't know if people want to buy it. But if they do, like, I would love to make prints of that. Yeah, it's really it's, beautiful. It's a beautiful, powerful photo that we did. Of her. I think this really touches on what you just said of letting it flow to what inspires you next. Yvette and I had this conversation uh, yesterday about feeling when people ask us and they're like, well, what are you doing? Obviously, people know what we're doing right now. And they know some things that we have that are on the books for the horizon and larger pictures. Uh, but when people ask like, well, what is your 10-year plan? Like, where do you see yourself? <laughs> and I always get that. What? Where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like those questions. Well, I think, uh, and this is what I told Yvette, when I look at what we do, um, I look at Startup DTLA, right, which is our parent company, uh, and I'm the founder of that. And Startup DTLA was like, I'm going to do this. I know exactly what it's going to look like. Here's the client base. Here's what I want to do. And it's fine. It's good. Worthy Women, well, we jokingly call it the accident, but it's not. Worthy Women was like, oh, I'm inspired by this. I'm going to go do that. Oh, this thing emerged from it. I'm going to keep doing that. Whereas we didn't try to force it to look like anything. Every single evolution out of it, you know, at first it was just a panel and then it became a panel for women and then it became a monthly series and then it became a conference. And and first it was for women in tech and then it was for women creatives and then it was for female entrepreneurs and then it kind of encapsulates all of those things Mm -hmm. now. And we're like... We're exploring different kinds of industries now, like the food industry, media, media, entertainment, all art, all of it. Well, when things like organically grow, it's just always right. Like it feels right. It looks right. It does. And that's where we've seen our largest um, both success and traction with our audiences when we didn't try to force it. And so I oftentimes think that the best thing that we can do when somebody says, well, what's next for you? Whatever emerges. I'm just going to let it flow. And especially for me, as Yvette mentioned, I'm a little anal. I very much like to plan everything in my life. This has been an incredible uh, personal practice for me to be able to let go and say, okay, I'm not going to try and control the outcome. I care more about the content. I'm just going to let it flow and let it evolve. And that is a personal challenge every day because I always want to control and say, well, what could this be? Let's fit this, this, and this. And the truth is that when we go hands off and we let it naturally emerge is when we see, well, I guess I could call that my creative output because you guys are the artist <laughs> and all I do is draw on eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> and create content. Content and eyebrows. What more can you ask for? But yeah, I'm, I've kind of um, allowed myself to say I don't know and that it's okay. Yeah. Because I felt like such a pressure to like come up with something like razzle dazzle. I'm like, oh man, I have all these 
plans about things and it's like I don't like to say something unless I know that I'm going to do it and in five years from now I don't know what I'm going to do five years from now I don't know what we're going to really be doing in like four months from now and let's remember what Amber Rose said at our conference people always want to hear about what you're doing and they always want to tell you what they're doing but I'd rather see what you're doing yeah right let's see your actions about it be about it yeah and that's why I don't like to talk like, I don't like to tell people what we're doing. When people are start asking me lots of prying questions about how we do things and behind the scenes, I'm like, that's really— Stuff and things. I Yeah, I always say, you know, I do stuff and I do things. That's true. It's all people and get And it's from not us. a lie. <laughs> do lots of stuff and lots of things, as do you. Erin, it has been such a pleasure to have you here with us. Where can people find you and follow you and learn more about what you're up to? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at, at eatherbrains. And my other is uh, at Hunter N. Fox with the letter N. Fox. Fabulous. You can find me at Audrey Bellis. And you can find me at Yvette Dorama. Y-V-E-T-T-E-D-O-R-A-M-A. This has been Brown Girls Rising. Bye. This episode of Brown Girls Rising was brought to you by Nylon Español and recorded at Maker City LA in sunny downtown Los Angeles. We hope it's inspired you. For more, visit browngirlsrising.com. Follow us socially on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Worthy Women LLC and Brown Girls Rising for future episodes. Until next time. 